Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Well, I hope everyone is ready for the busiest week of the summer because that is upon us, even though today is actually very, very boring. Welcome, everyone, to the Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and it is legitimately maybe the busiest week of the year. Um... I didn't really have time to go back and see if there was any week that was busier than this, but this is a crazy busy week, definitely of the summer, uh, maybe possibly the year. We got Fed decisions, uh, not, I mean, we got central bank decisions not only in the U.S., uh, but in Europe. I think Japan's making a decision. We have uh, a lot of home data. We got Case-Shiller outs. We got FHFA. We have uh, new home sales, or no, pending home sales. Uh, and I think new home sales. <laughs> That's how much there is. Uh, then we have, we're going to get um, data about the economy overall, what's happening with regards to growth for the second quarter. Uh, and we have inflation data. That's all happening this week. I mean, it's crazy. Usually, you know, sometimes the end of the, end of the month is sometimes kind of boring. And um, that is not the case this week. Not even close. And so, you know what? Let's just, let's just dive in to what's going to be happening this week. So like I said, today, nothing. We'll get some Altos uh, data uh, later today, as always, uh, weekly inventory data, but that's really the only report that we're going to see of any significance. And it does pale in comparison (laughs) to what we will be seeing the rest of the week. So kicks off tomorrow at 9 a.m., so we'll try and dive into it on tomorrow's show. We got Case Schiller the gold standard with regards to home prices. Case Schiller is projecting, now I know this is the end of July, but as always, Case Schiller lags a little bit. Uh, so they're looking at what's happening in May, and they are expected to show that home prices grew about 1.2% month over month. So from April to May, saw 1.2% increase in home prices, which would mean that home prices overall will be about will be down about 2.2%. So much for the crash. <laughs> Cuz that's actually down. I think it's down like maybe half a percent from what we saw in April. So we're still seeing home price growth fall. It's just we're seeing these big months and that of course will stop more than likely. Uh, I can't imagine July is going to be great. June, you know, we'll see. Uh, But what we're seeing is more of a slowdown in the housing market versus a crash, which no one of really any importance was predicting, but a lot of people on Twitter and Instagram were. Uh, And then, of course, also at 9 a.m. tomorrow, we'll be getting the FHFA home price index. That's a little bit more positive than Case Shiller. However, month over month, they're only projecting a 0.2% increase, while year over year home prices will still remain positive at 2.6%. So smaller month-over-month increase, but a obvious bigger number 
uh, year over year. And then consumer confidence on Tuesday as well, expected to rise to 111.5. That's a big deal because that is the highest level since January 2022. So that's why we're, we're just in this very weird place. And uh, before we get to Wednesday, what's going to be happening Wednesday? Talking about Kay Schiller, of course. Kay Schiller, the Schiller in Kay Schiller is Robert Schiller, who was one of the one of those who famously called the housing crash of 2008-2009. You know, it's so funny because everyone, <laughs> especially those who love the big short, everyone acts like it was so obvious that the housing market was going to crash. And actually, if you read Robert Schiller's you know, kind of famous report in 2007 about the housing market, you know, he famously wrote that rents don't support values. I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast ad nauseum. I mean, it's a great report. I've quoted from it many a times, but his whole point was, is that, you know, rents over the last 10, 20 years, I think it was 10 years, had increased, you know, 10% and home prices had increased like 90%. And he's like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) The rents have been disconnected from what has happened or home prices have disconnected from what's happening with rents. And that creates a imbalance, which will need to be corrected. So Robert Schiller, who carries a lot of weight in the housing industry and rightfully so, because he's someone who isn't reactionary. You know, he's not someone who's going to come out with this really hot take, you know, immediately he's going to look at the data and give you a very smart, detailed analysis. Well, he recently made the argument, and this is CNBC reporting this, that the decades-long rally with regards to U.S. housing could finally come to an end once the Federal Reserve stops its rate-hiking cycle. Uh, He says, quote, the fear of interest rate increases has influenced people's thinking. It's not just the homeowners, it's new buyers who wanted to get in before the interest rates went up even more. They wanted to lock in, so that's been a positive influence on the market, but it's coming to an end. Schiller noted that the index reflected unusual behavior, that's in quotes, in the last six months, saying prices seem to be fine, and then it started to go up. I think people don't know what to make of what the Fed is going to do um, situation. And he noted that we're kind of going to go back to a more kind of seasonal market. And what's funny is that, you know, I look at this article and what he's saying, and he's not saying the housing market's going to crash. This is not 2008. He's not saying, oh my gosh, look, rents and home prices are completely disconnected. No, in fact, they're very well connected. There has been no separation there. So he's not making the same argument he's making 2008. What he's saying is that we could see stagnation in home prices and really more of a seasonal move. And I mean, let's face it. You look at where home prices are. You look at where rates are. You look at the amount of people who have been priced out of the market. It wouldn't be bad if home prices sort of stagnated for a couple of years um, or just moved, like I said, a little bit more seasonally. So the end of the year, home prices are up 2%, 1%, 3%. But in the spring, because buying season, maybe they're up 5%. And then in the winter, they fall down, you know, 2%. And so you end the year at right around two and a half, three percent 3%, but it's more seasonal. And we get kind of back to a more seasonal market, if not maybe a little bit slower than a normal seasonal 
market. But that's really what he's arguing. You know, a lot of people are jumping on this going, he's he's saying, you know, he's making his big prediction again. He's not doing that. He's just saying that the bull market for housing is coming to an end. I mean, all cycles come to an end. (laughs) And that's, that's his main point. And like I said, we'll get more data from Robert Schiller with the Case Schiller Index out tomorrow. But that was, I mean, it's an interesting article. I'll put it in the show notes. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, he's not calling for a crash. A lot of people are interpreting it that way because, you know, the people who've been calling for a crash for three years are like, finally, Robert Schiller's on our side. (laughs) He's not, he's not on your side. He's not calling a crash. Okay. Not even close. Um, All right. Let's jump back into what's going to be happening this week. Uh, Wednesday, mortgage demand and rates as always. Then we get new home sales. They're expected to fall 4.7% to an annual rate of 727,000 in June. So we're seeing a little bit of a slowdown in home prices as anyone in the business will tell you, yes, that makes sense. We, we saw kind of that jump in rates and uh, yeah, things have, things have slowed down. And plus, I don't think the weather's helping. I mean, this crazy heat wave that we've been seeing that's just been horrible in July. I don't think it's helping things either. Uh, and then also big decision on Wednesday, two o'clock, the Federal Open Market Committee will make their rate decision or announcement. They'll be meeting Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, they're expected to raise the federal fund rates a quarter of a point to 5.5%. Man, it's crazy to say that. Federal funds rate, 5.5%. Uh, and then Thursday's probably the biggest day. I mean, obviously the Fed decision's huge. And what Jerome Powell says and what he's sort of telegraphing, that's, that's second to none. But with regards to the data, I mean, it's crazy. So Thursday, we got the European Central Bank they're expected to raise their interest rates to four and a quarter percent. Then at 8.30, so that's at 8.15, 8.30, you got the GDP growth rate for the second quarter. First look, expected to slow to 1.7%. That's down from the crazy jump that we saw last month to 2%. Remember, it was like 1.1 in the first reading, and then it jumped up to 2% in the third reading, surprising everyone. Now, the second quarter... 1.7%. Jobless claims expected to rise to 242,000. That's a big one because last week we kind of had a big drop to a three-month low. So we'll see what happens with jobless claims, the labor market. Pending home sales expected to fall fall 0.6% in June. Then we get mortgage rates as always at noon. And then at 11 o'clock to wrap up the already busy day, the Bank of Japan is expected to hold rates at negative 0.1%. So that's a busy Thursday. That's a lot. There's a lot that can move markets. What's happening in Europe, GDP, and of course, what's happening in Japan. Pending home sales, mortgage rates, jobless claims. Eh, you know, those are less valuable reports. But GDP, ECB, that's big. And then... Just to add to the fun, Friday, usually eh, kind of hit or miss whether or not we get a big report. This Friday, big report, PCE. Personal income expected to rise 0.5%. Personal income, or excuse me, that was personal income, personal spending, <laughs> expected to rise 0.4% in June. So once again, income, growth, very good, you know. I mean, 0.5%. We got 
you know, annualize that, that's 6%. Inflation's down to three. Wages are growing faster than inflation. Love to see that. Uh, core PCE, here you go, is expected to slow to 4.2% year over year thanks to a 0.2% rise month over month. That's core index. And as we know with CPI, the core index is actually slightly higher than the headline number thanks to a, thanks to a big drop in energy prices uh, as well as a big slowdown in food prices. But the core index, thanks to housing, <laughs> unfortunately, is still pretty high. So that's what we got going on this week. Crazy busy week. So prepare yourself. Today we don't have a lot going on. Mentally prepare yourself for the craziness that is going to be this week. Now, before we go, we got to talk about the big report. The end of last week came out on Thursday, so I know it seems like it's been a while. <laughs> been a while. Uh, but we did get existing home sales. We don't do a show on Friday, so we got to talk about them anyway. Existing home sales fell more than expected in June, according to the monthly report from the National Association of Realtors. Total existing home sales fell 3.3% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 4.16 million. That is down, pretty big dip from the 0.2% dip that we saw in May and the biggest drop since November of 2022. Existing home sales are still down about 18.9% when compared to the same time last year. And economists were only projecting a 2.4% dip. So this was worse than what they thought. And unfortunately, I guess you can kind of blame the South. They saw the biggest drop month over month, but we're still able to hold on to the top spot by a lot uh, with the South being responsible for 46% of existing home sales in the country, 46%. But it's down under 50%, which shows you that things are kind of cooling off a little bit in the South, despite the weather. The Midwest saw no change in June, saw 24% of existing home sales, followed by the West, which saw a 5.1% drop as they make up 18% of existing home sales across the country. And the Northeast had a pretty good month, up 2%, but still last with only 12% of existing home sales across the country. But here is what caught a lot of people's attention. And that was the median existing home price in June was $410,200. That is the second highest price of all time down just 0.9% from the record high of 413,800 last June. So this is what Robert Schiller was talking about. <laughs> Where here you got home prices increasing um kind of surprising a lot of people. And a lot of this is as we all know is inventory, which we'll get to in just a second uh despite a 3.4% dip from last year. The West held on to the top spot was with the, the median existing price in June in the West is $606,000. It's crazy. So crazy that we've seen a, you know, a pretty big drop. I think overall in the West still 606,000, at least compared to the other, the other regions, uh, the Northeast number two, 
after a f- almost 5% increase with the median existing home price at 475000 South fell 1% to 366000 and the Midwest was up 2% at $311,800. Now, of course, these higher prices are because of what is happening with inventory and not surprisingly, total housing inventory remaining at very low levels and actually it didn't change from what happened the month prior at 1.08 million that was unchanged from May and is down 13.6% from one year ago. Unsold inventory is sitting at a 3.1 month supply, which is up slightly from the three month supply we saw in May um, and is also up from the 2.9 month supply that we saw at the same time last year, properties typically remained on the market for 18 days. That's identical to what we saw in May, but up from 14 days in June 2022. And if you remember last year, June was kind of the last hot month. And then rates really went up in July. Things started cooling off. And then August, September, and things just went down the rest of the month. We're not on that trajectory. What we're seeing is sort of an uptick and then probably a leveling off. Maybe a, maybe a little bit down, but we're not on that like ski slope trajectory that we saw last year, which is why the numbers year over year are going to get very interesting. Now, as prices in rates rose in June, cash buyers picked up, while first-time home buyers, yeah, they fell. All cash sales increased to 26% of transactions in June. First-time home buyers fell to 27% of sales in June down from 28% in May and down from 30% the same time last year. So, I mean, it's still not bad. I mean, you're still seeing, you know, 27% of transactions. So they haven't been completely priced out of the market. It's not like they're 1% or 5% of sales. Still doing 27%, but sure, you'd like that number to be a little bit higher for the health of the housing market. You can get more first-time home buyers to keep the housing cycle going. Uh, Lawrence Yun, NAR chief economist, noted that pent-up demand continues to grow. And it's going to be fascinating once we do see rates fall and what's going to happen because it feels like everyone still wants to buy. They just they can't make the math work right now. Uh, the first half of this year was a downer for sure, Yun said in the release, with sales lower by 23%. Fewer Americans were on the move despite the usual life-changing circumstances. The pent-up demand will surely be realized soon, especially if mortgage rates and inventory move favorably. So yeah, it'd be nice if we see inventory levels jump and rates fall. That would be good for mortgage volume. And the overall housing market. <laughs> not, just, not just concerned about what's happening with mortgages. All right, real quick here. Take a look at what's happening in bond markets. Still good start to the week uh, with bond markets looking, or I should say the 10-year, looking at opening down about two basis points from where it was on Friday's close at 3.81%. It would still be nice to see that fall back down into the 3.7 territory. And it'd really be nice to get it down to three and a half. I I would appreciate that. But remember, it is Fed week. We are seeing, you know, the big Fed decision. But more importantly, we know what the Fed's going to do. 
what are they going to telegraph? That is going to have a bigger impact on bond markets. So I don't expect too much activity until Wednesday, and then we get a better idea of what the Fed is planning to do. All right, a little longer show than normal here on this Monday morning. You guys, enjoy your Monday. Mentally prepare for a very busy week. Tomorrow, we will be jumping into the Case-Shiller report as well as the FHFA report. Now, that'll be coming out almost immediately upon us coming on air, so you got to bear with me as... I, I'm d- delving through the report while also trying to make sure all my equipment is operating properly. But we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show to kick off. That's really the kickoff of the crazy week. Right now, it's just sort of we're in a holding pattern. But you guys enjoy your calm, uneventful Monday. And we'll see you back here Tuesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and waits.